Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Church Online. Man, I hope you have an incredible, faith-filled week. And hey, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all you incredible moms out there. And thank you for the sacrifice and the time that you put in to making our family great. We love you and we appreciate you more than words your gift will ever express. So thank you again. Well, hey, we have been in a series uh, called Living Courageously for the last three weeks. And I hope that this series has been a blessing to you. And I hope that it has made you want to live a life of courage and, and, and be a person of courage. And next week, we're going to start a new series called Four Letter Words. And I would encourage you not to mess a week of that. But let's pray before we get going. God, we just thank you for today. We honor you. We, we come to, into your presence with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. Open our eyes and our hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Hey, have you ever, have you ever noticed that people of influence get noticed? The Time Magazine has uh, published a person of the year uh, issue. I'm not totally sure why I haven't been in that issue yet, but I'm, I'm still hopeful. ABC News has the person of the week. I'm not totally sure why I'm not in that one either, but um, I'm still hopeful. And ESPN has the top plays of the week, and I totally understand why I'm not in that. I, I, I'm not very athletic. And, and so, but even in Christianity, there's a magazine that comes out once a year. And it, it is the top 100 churches, the fastest growing churches in, in all of America. And so people and places get noticed. Even in the Bible, that we have our picks, right? We have our, our pick people that we like to read about more than, than others. And my pick, other than Jesus, would have to be Elijah. Elijah's just one of those guys that when I read them, it just builds me up and, 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 and it makes me want to go out and take over the mountain and wants me to go out. It encourages me to go out and live life to the fullest like Elijah did. And if we were to, if we were to do a, um, a, a Google uh, search of the most uh, popular Bible characters, here's what it would come up with. Uh, Abraham, Moses, David, Elijah, Isaiah, and Mary, and, and the greatest of all greats, right? The goat of all goats, Jesus himself. I mean, this wouldn't be a complete list if Jesus wasn't on that list of the, the, the top Bible characters most people read about. But we love to read these stories, don't we? We, we love to read the, the stories of faith and the stories of, of uh, trials, but yet they were able to get through those trials. Those, those Bible stories, they encourage us 
But here's what I know. It is easy to get to be so focused on those stories that we forget about other stories in the Bible. I, I guarantee you the, the story that I'm going to read today, the, the thing we're going to learn about today, I guarantee you passed this up before. And the reason why I said this is I have. Like, before I started studying this, I didn't even know the two women's names that we're going to learn about today. And, 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 and so there are times that we are so focused on the big story that sometimes we forget about the small stories in, in the Bible. And so this story is found in Exodus 1, beginning with verse 8. And it says, Then a new king whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal truly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and uh, Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. And all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Sipra and Pua. So there's the name, Sipra and Pua. When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. And so the king, new king did not care that God used Joseph to save a bunch of people from, from salvation, or starvation and, and death. He was just concerned that, that one day that he was going to be defeated. So he came out with a plan. And the plan was this. Let the boy die, kill the boy, and let the girls live. And, and so a, a midwife, so these two women, they were, they were midwives. And, and their job was to, of course, help you give birth. So we would call them labor coaches today. And I don't know if, if you had a labor coach or not, but, but we did with our first uh, before Kelvin was born, of course. Um, I, I remember asking my OG factor uh, to be our labor coach. She had done it before. She was experienced with it. And so she, of course, um, accepted it and I remember that day, man, we were in the hospital room and Sherry, you know, given going into labor and, and those cr contractions were rough. And, and I think she was in labor for 14 hours. And, 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 and yet the, our labor coach was there the entire time. And I remember one time that, you know, those beds and they have the, the rails up here. And, and, and Sherry, uh, the labor coach's hand was right there on that rail. And, and Sherry grabbed a hold of that hand and, and just squeezed it. I mean, she squeezed. It and, and and I remember the, I remember when she let go. The our labor coach said, "You almost broke my fingers." And and I'm just saying this, man. I am thankful for a labor coach because I am thankful those were not my fingers. So, hey, man, thank God for labor coaches and and midwives. But here's what I know. The midwives back then uh, they couldn't have kids, and and, and so. 
They, they couldn't have babies on their own. So imagine the pain that they felt every time they went to help a, another lady have a baby. They were, they were just reminded every time that baby was born, they were reminded of the pain that they couldn't have kids of their own. And some of you know what that pain is. Some of you have been trying to have kids and you just can't. You just can't. You've been wondering and you've been praying and you've been asking God why. And, and here's, what, here's what I want to tell you. I, I believe that God wants me to tell you this, that he knows where you are and that he has not forgotten you and that he sees you. He has not forgotten you and he knows where you are and he sees you. These women cannot have kids on their own, but now they're asked to kill them. They have an incredible choice to make. And, and we're going to uh, pick up in Exodus 117. The midwife, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. Sipra and Pua are the two women that most of us would just repack their names. But if we understood, if we fully understood how God used them to save an entire generation, how God used two women that were, that were nobody to become somebody, man, we would give God praise for these two ladies. They demonstrated what courage looked like for us. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. And if you're not taking notes, Write this down. Number one, courage chooses to fear God. Verse 17 again. It, um, it says, the midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boy live. So to fear God it isn't to be afraid of him. It, it's not hiding in a corner because you think that any moment God is going to zap you and make you into a crispy critter. That is not what fearing God looks like. Your view of God, though, will determine your relationship with God. If you see God as harsh, you will have a harsh relationship with God. If you see him as loving and merciful, you will have a loving and merciful relationship with him. To fear God is to be in awe of him. It's it, 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 to respect him. It's it, it, to respect him and be in awe of who he is. These two women fear God more than they feared an unnamed Pharaoh. Courage begins when the fear of God is bigger than the fear of man. Courage ends when the fear of man is bigger than the fear of God. Oswald Chambers said this, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Write this down if you're taking notes. Number two, courage chooses to trust God. Again, in verse 18, then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? 
Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. These midwives, they, they took a risk, and after a while, the king started noticing, okay, we have a problem. There's still baby boys running around here. There, there's still baby boys. So something is wrong. And what did he do? He called the midwives in, and he was like, hey, why aren't you doing what I asked you to do? Why aren't you doing what I asked you to do? And they said, the Hebrew women don't need help. They are, they are, they are bosses at delivery. And you Egyptian, the Egyptian women, they need help. Like they can't give birth on their own. But these Hebrew women, man, they are incredible at giving birth. And so by the time we get there, they've already had the baby. They had no idea though what their fate would be. They, they could have been killed or, or put in prison, but they chose to trust God's plan over man's plan. I, I find it interesting that the command not to murder wasn't even, wasn't even in existence yet, but yet they saw that it was wrong to kill the babies. Romans uh, 1.17 says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The Christian life is a life of faith, and it always has been a life of faith. Faith is always trusting God, even when you don't see the big picture, Right? Faith is always seeing, believing, and trusting even when you don't see the big picture. God's plan for our future is greater than our fears of the present. Let me say it again. God's plan for our future are greater than our fears of the present. Most of us spend our life trying, but God wants us to spend our life trusting. Most of us spend our life trying, but God wants to spend our life trusting. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on, excuse me, and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Now, this verse has always been important to me. As a matter of fact, I call it my life verse. And it's a verse that I go to when I, when I don't know what to do, when I need to make a decision or, or whatever. I, I know that I just go to this verse and I acknowledge God and, and he promises that he will make my path straight as I lean into him. When you trust the Lord with all your heart, you're making a choice not to let the unknown kill the known. You're, you're making a choice of not letting the unknown kill the known. Like you, you, you see all of this, so you know this, but you're going to trust God with the unknown. That's what it looks like to trust God. You could always trust God. You could always trust God what? His when and his where. You could always trust him. Number three, if you take a note, courage leads to kindness. Exodus one twenty says, God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. 
And because the midwives fear God, he gave them families of their own. God is kind to the midwives by mentioning them in the Bible. Not once is Pharaoh's name mentioned, but these two women are mentioned by name. Proverbs 10, 7 says, The name of the righteous is used in blessings, but the name of the wicked will rot. God turned these nobodies in that culture into somebody in God's kingdom. God is kind to them by sparing their lives. Proverbs 16, 7 says, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. God is kind to them by giving them a family of their own. Remember, I said midwives couldn't have kids of their own. And, and so they helped other women uh, give, uh, helped other women in their, <laughs> excuse me, Midwives help other women give birth. So these midwives didn't have a family of their own, but because they trusted God, because they feared God and they were obedient, they, God gave them families of their own. These, women, these midwives did the natural and trusted God with the supernatural. Proverbs sixteen twenty says, Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. And blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. I, I have lived with the saying, and I've taught it to my family. And when I was a youth pastor, I used to teach it to our teenagers. And it is this. If you honor God, he will honor you. I have lived that my, my entire Christian life. That I know this. When I honor God, he will honor me. He will honor me. All right, well, let's pray. God, I, I just pray that you would give us the courage of Cipra and Pua. That as the world gets darker and darker, we will get brighter and brighter. I pray we will be people who fear you, who trust you, and who are blessed by you. If you're watching this and, and you would like to start a relationship with Jesus then right where you are, right where you are, just say this prayer. Jesus, I want you. I want your forgiveness. Forgive me for all my sin. I want you to be Lord over my life. Take control, Jesus. I want to be free from the fear of man. Give me courage, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.